Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about Olympic C O X S W A I N's. Coxin. Those. Those guys. And I am Nancy, joined by uh, Rebecca and Rachel, and we are going to be doing number two in our little Olympic sport mini-sodes here today. And with that, I will turn it right over to Rebecca for rowing and naughty words, apparently. <laughs> now, it's only a naughty word, I guess, if, you're, if you don't row and you don't know what it means. <laughs> so most so, of us. Yeah, <laughs> so here we go. Okay. Um, so... Uh, this make it undirty. For I me, will. Rebecca. I will. I will do my best to undirtify coxswains for you. Talk undirty to us. <laughs> exactly. Make it clean, Rebecca. Make it clean. I've missed you guys. Um, so this year there are going to be seven events uh, each for men and seven for women um, in rowing. The uh, it's it's a full eight days long from Friday the 23rd to Friday the 30th. The first four days are heats where people get seated and qualify. And the last four days are the meddling events. All of the events are 2000 meters, which depending on the type of boat you are rowing in is going to take between six to eight minutes long. Um, hmm. eights are the fastest singles are the slowest. And I'll, I'll explain what those are momentarily. So all the races are pretty short, huh? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, Nancy. So, uh, I grew up with like canoes. Yeah. Rowing is the thing where you put like guys in a boat in a line and they have multiple oars. Is that? Yeah. So there are two different types of rowing. Okay. Uh, one is sculling and one is sweeping. Sculling is when, I mean, both of them involve people sitting in a longboat in a row, uh, back front to back. Um, Mm -hmm. Sculling, everybody has two oars. Mm. And sweeping, everybody has one oar. And they go around in a circle. Yes. Well, (laughs) not if you're doing it right. That definitely happens when you're learning. But it shouldn't happen in the Olympics. Got it. So um, in for sculling, there's a single, which is one person, a double, which is two people, two oars each. A quad is four people, four oars, e- four oars each. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> You're suddenly an octopus. No. And you can't uh, oars in your feet. That would be amazing. <laughs> a quad is four people, each with two oars. In sweeping, you have a pair, which is two people, one oar each. A four four people, one or each, or an eight. Um, typically, the way the sweeping boats are set up is that you'll have, you'll alternate a left or right or left or right or. But sometimes, depending on who you have in the boat, you might do, like in a, in a four, you might have the first person in the boat with a left oar, the middle two with right oars, and the back person with a left oar. There's no, it doesn't really affect the um, the steering of the boat or anything like that. It's all about the the specialization of the person in that seat. So the so you train to to sit in a certain seat in a certain order on the boat. Yeah, kind of. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, many people can be switched around, but there are a couple of specialist positions. 
So the coxswain is kind of like your coach on board the boat. And in the Olympics, only the eights have a coxswain. Um, in, in other levels of rowing, um, your, your four might have a coxswain, your pair rarely, but might have a coxswain. Um, and usually sculling does not have one. So it's in the Olympics, it's only the eights who have the coxswain. It's a small, typically very light person. They steer the boat. They make calls on pace. They set the rhythm. Um, they're the ones who kind of direct their team to the start line. During the race, they'll call people out if they're not using the right form. They look around to see where they are in in relation to the other boats in the race. Um, oh, I mentioned they steer. There are little there are little cords on the inside of the boat that are attached to the rudder. So making very minute um, pulls on those cords can change the direction of the boat. And then, you know, that's helpful because then you don't have to try to get one person on one side to pull a little harder or less hard than everybody else. So this is a boat jockey. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and they're, they're like in charge. So if the coxswain says you do something, you do it. Like there's no questioning. It's just, you know, whether you agree with them or not, you do it because they're your, they're your director on board. And I remember uh, from having friends who, who did it in high school, at the beginning of the season, the coxswain has to wash everybody's hair because uh, everybody's his, the skin on their hands peels off from <laughs> we never the made, boat. We never made our coxswains do that. But yes, it's true. You get some real disgusting hands rowing. I, I did row I'm for four years in high school. by all of this. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, mean, I mean, you've seen the blisters that gymnastics get, gymnasts get. It's akin. Sure. It's akin to that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I just i I have never known anybody who rode. I have never seen rowing. I have never been rowing. I. You know me. I rode. Well, I know. I did not know you rode until today. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I knew that either. Like I knew you knew about it. I didn't know yeah. you actually. I did it for four years in high school and then a year or two in college. It blows my mind that you guys had high school rowing teams. I didn't even know that was real outside of England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, I live near a lake right now, and uh, there's a high school that practices. Well, I live near a lake too, but we used canoes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the so the coxswain is the first, the like the the most important person in the boat, um, in terms of strategy. Um, your your bow person or bow pair, depending on the type of boat. This is the person who sits in the front of the boat. The, this person or pair tend to um, set or balance the boat. Um, so if it's if it's like tipping one direction or another, those that person or people are responsible for doing what they can to get it level again. They tend to be some of the lighter athletes in the boat or the shorter ones. And in a boat without a coxswain, the bow person plays some of the roles that the coxswain normally would. So mm -hmm. they will check your relation to other um, uh, other boats in the field. They frequently have a steering mechanism on the... So the way the boat is constructed, when you sit in the boat, you actually put your feet into little shoes that are attached to the boat. There's a little footboard. But what, you, you really? Put your, yeah, you put your feet in the little shoes. Wow. Yeah. And but then what if you fall out? You're tied you're tied to the boat. No, you you can get your feet out of those things really okay. easily. Okay. Um but the bow person has a 
um, has a, like the cords that I mentioned that the coxswain has, has the ability to steer with one foot. So you can, mm. you can twist your foot just a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're probably the not clogs, but I'm picturing clogs for some reason. <laughs> no, clogs. well, I, there have probably been, uh, advances in technology. We had to either tie ourselves in, um, or Velcro, um, then the the middle of the boat, the the two to four people in the center are typically like the engine room. They're the powerhouse. They're the biggest, strongest, heaviest people. Um, this is my seat. <laughs> I was in bow because I'm short, so I could not get oh. a very a particularly long um, stroke. Mm. Um, then the person all the way in the, I guess it's the back of the boat. Um, Either it's either one or two people, depending on, you know, in an eight, it's going to be the two people who are at the back of the boat. Um, they're usually the best racer. They're the, the able to set the best pace, um, mm. a long stroke, an easy rhythm for the rest of the boat to follow. So when I was in stroke, we did not do well because I do not have a long stroke. So mm. because of my short legs and my short torso, it would make everything else shorter. So mm. you put somebody who's a foot taller than me in the front, by the time everybody's stroke gets a little bit shorter progressively back, you're not really losing as much as you were when I was in that position. <laughs> hmm. um, so the the stern or stroke position also tends to have a really good relationship with the coxswain because they are sitting facing each other mm. all the time because um, remember you're you're basically you're rowing backwards so all of the terms that i know about boating are backwards because oh for sitting in bow bow is behind me my left side is starboard and my right side is port which is this means nothing to me i know none of these well terms. that's that's the opposite of the way it actually is when you're but yeah, because my orientation was boat. backwards so well, but right, but I don't know. Right. The front of the boat is the bow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm taking your word for it. Left is port. Left and port okay. both have four letters. Okay. And right is All starboard. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so the, so is the coxswain facing forward or backward as in relative the, to the boat's motion? Forward. The rowers are facing okay. backward relative to the boat's motion and okay. the coxswain is facing forward. Okay, thank you. That's yeah. helpful. I was picturing it the other way around. <laughs> yeah. No, so that so that stroke position and the coxswain are facing each other. Okay. Like how close? So I mean, you when when well, people <laughs> between them, right? No, the no, that's the last the, back of... the coxswain is in the back of the boat facing forward. Right. The stroke, the stroke is position... in the back of the boat facing backwards. Yes. And by back of the boat, you mean front in terms of the relative boat motion. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so when you finish a race, your mm -hmm. bow crosses the finish line first and your okay. stern crosses the finish line last. The okay. coxswain and your your stroke position are sitting in the stern. Okay. So they cross the finish line last. Okay. Does that help? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, so then there are, there are four parts to each stroke. Um, you have the catch, the drive, the finish, and the recovery. So the catch is when your oar, and I'm making this motion because I don't, <laughs> this is how I know it, is when your oar 
um, is square in the water. So you your your oar is a long metal pole with a with a rectangle at the end of it, mm-hmm. um, and it's somewhat curved because that helps you catch and push the water a little or push the water a little bit better. So your catch is when your oar is square in the water. And on every stroke, you want to make that catch as clean as possible. You want to you want to drop it in the water and immediately start pulling because anything else causes friction and it causes you to slow down. The drive comes immediately after. So the catch is you get your oar in the water. The drive is when you push with your legs as hard as you can and move that oar with you. Um, many people don't realize how much leg work is involved in rowing. It's, it's a lot of leg. Um, you want to do most of your motion with your legs because they're the most I don't think I throw. had any idea legs yeah. were involved at all. Yeah. So you start with your legs straight and your back straight and you have your oar in front of you. And mm-hmm. when you're up at the catch, your whole body is squished forward. You put your oar in the water at the catch and then you push your legs back first before you do anything else. Once your legs are fully extended, then your arms come back to your body and then you finish, which is, um, so during the drive, your blade is perpendicular in the water. The finish, it becomes parallel to the water. That's called feathered. And, and you, you kind of flick your oar out of the water to that feathered position and then you slowly recover or slide up the slide to then catch, drive, finish again. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the power is through the drive, but the more precise movements you have at the catch, the finish, and during the slide, the better the boat will move. Um, Makes the, sense. Yeah. The, the recovery or slide has to be very controlled because if it gets too fast, everyone moving like your recovery is moving the opposite direction of the boat so if you do that recovery or that slide too fast you check the boat it's called checking the boat it it almost stops it um so you want that forward recovery motion to be controlled as possible so that you don't ruin the forward momentum of the boat right Mm -hmm. um so in terms of the race everyone has an assigned lane um Boo, there are there are going to be I mean in the Olympics especially there are buoys that are um, colored representing usually 500 meters the first 500 meters of the race you're setting the pace you're kicking off you're getting that rhythm going the middle thousand meters is kind of for powering through you want to get your perfect form you want to evaluate your competition you know if you see somebody pulling ahead you might want to do um, you might want to do a set and uh, you know, of 10 or 15 strokes to get you like pushing a little mm. bit extra hard. And then the last 500 meters is kind of for kicking it up in gear again and pushing through to the win. Um, the rowers basically shouldn't be a pay- paying attention to that. They shouldn't be paying attention to any of the people on there um, in the other lanes. That's for the, the coxswain or the bow to pay attention to. Otherwise you just row. Um, and then, so so who to watch would be the U.S. Women's Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. The U.S. Women's Eight has won every Olympic and world title from 2006 to 2016. 
God Holy damn. shit. Yeah. And in 2017, they placed fourth at the at the World Championships. And that then, interesting. Yeah. And then in 2018, they were, they got gold at Worlds and then got bronze in 2019. So they have, they have a pretty solid dynasty and they have won three consecutive Olympics. There's only one other um, women's eight that has done that. So they're looking to break a record this year. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I always love watching the Olympic events or the Olympic rowing. I, but you know, knowing what's going on is, Mm -hmm. is fun. Um, so the, so the pieces to watch for as a casual spectator, watch people's oars, see if they're, um, on their catch or excuse me, on their recovery. Is the oar like slapping the water? Is it tossing Mm -hmm. anything up? Cause that's going to slow a team down. Are the, are the people and the oars all moving at the same pace together? Are they synchronized? Because that's the mark of a really good team. Um, and yeah, you know, let me know if you have questions because I do <laughs> love watching the rowing. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah. I suddenly yeah. know, you know, like a thousand percent more about rowing than I did <laughs> before. It's hard. It is it, I'm hard. Sure. And if you watch people rowing on what's called an erg, that's a rowing machine. If you watch people doing that like at the gym i would say a good 75 percent of them are doing it wrong if you oh, see somebody <laughs> if you see somebody who has to lift their arms over their knees they're doing it wrong because your your legs go flat right you you put you mm-hmm. drive with your legs your back goes your arms go and then your arms go forward your back goes forward and your knees go forward so your arms never have to jump over your knees hmm. well, well the next I will time definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next time i'm in the gym yeah, point that uh, out. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I learned from my podcast that you have to incorrectly. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you, Rebecca. That's very informative. And we will eagerly look forward uh, to the women's eight winning their next gold medal. Because yes. that sounds cool as hell. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. This has been an Olympic mini-sode. Boy, I just cannot talk. That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh you can find us uh, on Instagram at Falpuck Podcast, Twitter at Falpuck Pod, and online at falpuckpodcast.net. We would like to thank Joe, our editor, who will be saving us from sounding quite so dumb, hopefully. Uh, and <laughs> Let's not put that burden on her. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, and uh, Kevin McLeod for our music. And I have been and continue to be Nancy, and I have been joined by Rachel and Rebecca today on Falpuck Pod. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and go enjoy the Olympics. Mm